welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the morning service of Sunday the 16th of October 2016, entitled Facing the Lions Part 1, and the Bible readings are taken from Daniel chapter 6 verses 16 to 24 and 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8. Here's Pastor Larry T. Curtis. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 8, holding your finger there, turning back to Daniel chapter 6. We're going to begin reading in verse 16, read down through verse 24. I invite you to stand on the reading of God's holy word, again beginning in Daniel chapter 6, verse 16. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. And the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace, passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. The king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, forever. My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lions' mouths that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him, commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. The lions had the mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, or ever they came at the bottom of the den. In First Peter chapter 5 and in verse 8, the Bible says, and let's just, yep, says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Father, we thank you this morning that we can have this time together in your house. Thank you for the blessings that have already been ours. Thank you, Lord, for the blessing that was ours through the special music and the testimonies. Now, Father, as we come to this time that we look into your word, we need you, Lord. We need your help. We need you, Lord, to take and speak to our hearts as only you can. May it not be time wasted with man's ideas alone. May it be a time that our hearts will be both receptive and responsive to what you have for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. I want us to look at these two things in parallel this morning. And I'm sure that if I ask you the simple question, 
Do you ever feel that life just isn't fair? Do you ever feel like sometimes that you just don't deserve to be in the situation that you're in? I've discovered a long time ago that life isn't always fair. And it's not always fair even for God's people in this world, this hostile environment that we live in as Christians. Sometimes in the, the standpoint of the flesh, we can feel like that we just try so hard. And I mean, we genuinely want and try to get everything right. To the best of our ability, we try to treat other people right the way that they should be treated. And sometimes we just feel that if we're trying to do all these things right ourselves, things ought to go right for us. Sometimes it just doesn't work out that way. I believe that Daniel is a great, great illustration of this truth. And I believe that as we look here today and we've read about Daniel being tossed into this den of lions, trapped there, sealed in there with no way out. And he's facing, and you can see just an example on the screen before you, he's facing this ferocious, man-eating, roaring lions that are there in the den with him. How many of you have ever seen a lion before? Most of you? Sorry? No, not in the jungle? In the zoo, maybe? <laughs> Behind the bars? Well, that's pretty awesome when you see one there. Again, they are just such a powerful animal. I've actually seen them in the wild, and I guess there is really no words to express the beauty when we went on the safari in Kenya, and we were literally out there in the, in the fields, and these lions were stalking the zebra. And, of course, there's the high grass and everything, and he's just, just going along. You know, I mean, even all cats, they just seem like they can walk with their feet almost not touching the ground, and he's stalking through this high grass, and there's a, there's a herd of zebra out there. There was actually two or three lions that were that were stalking these zebras. But it was an awesome sight to watch, to be that near to them and to know that, you know, I mean, at any time, there's no doubt that if he wanted to clamp his jaws around you or me or any human being that uh, there's little hope of coming out of that alive, okay? But Daniel's thrown into a den with a whole pack of these things in there. And yet when they take the cover off the next day, the king is so overjoyed because he knows that Daniel shouldn't be there. But he's also come to believe in Daniel's God, and he believes that Daniel's God will deliver him from that. The Bible says when he took that seal off the next morning, he couldn't sleep at night. He was troubled about all this, and yet there was Daniel. He'd been in there with this den of lions all night. There's not a scratch on him. But I think what makes this account, and that's one of the stories that most of the time we relate to Sunday school and children's church and those Bible times that we have with the story of, of Daniel in the lion's den and how that God preserved him and, and brought him out of there. But I want you to think about something else, too, in relation to that. How fair was it for Daniel to be thrown in the lion's den? Holly said she came in her testimony earlier that she came to this point of asking, well, you know, the why about, you know, if, if 
Jesus could work all these miracles they said he could, then why would he let them nail him to that cross and, and, and take his life from him? That's a pretty honest question for anybody that doesn't know Jesus Christ and is trying to figure this out. It's a very legitimate question that people would naturally be wanting to work out. And sort of the same thing here. Well, if he's God, and if you know that he's looking out for you and he's in control and he's powerful and all these things, why would he let Daniel be treated so unfairly and, and be thrown into a den, of dines, a, den of, a den of lions in the first place? Why would he do that? Maybe if I ask you yourself, what if you were in his place? How do you think that you would feel and react? How would you cope with that situation if you were suddenly thrown into a den of these big, hairy, furry creatures that all he has to do is clamp his jaws over you and you're finished. We might think that that would take a remarkable faith like Daniel to believe in his God. And his faith was so strong that even the king knew that Daniel believed and so therefore he believed that Daniel would be safe because the faith that he had in his God. The thing is, sometimes is we do have this feeling, and many people have this feeling that things should just be a bit easier. If we're trying to do what's right, why should it be so hard sometimes? And then we might think if we ask ourselves, how would we cope with a similar situation? Well, probably none of us really, really, really know, but I would like to say this. Daniel's faith didn't begin when he was put in the den of lions. That's not where it all started. Daniel was fearless. He had confidence in his Lord when they put him in there with all of those hairy creatures because he knew, just as we read from 1 Peter, Daniel had been facing a lot of lions before he got put in there with those with the hair on them. He had been facing many lions in his life that weren't the hairy type. Those had prepared him for that. You see, if Daniel's life had been a bed of roses, and then all of a sudden he's treated unfairly and he is thrown into this den of lions, maybe he wouldn't have been so prepared for it. How could he face a situation? Could you face a situation like that? If you were to be put in a hole in the ground with however many lions, I mean, it wouldn't take but one to give me a heart attack anyway, with however many lions that were in there and you were sealed in there and there was nowhere to go, it was you and them. How would you react? How would you feel about that? Well, I want to propose to you this morning that as we look at Daniel's life, my question is, you know, I'm not surprised that God did what he did. I know that God is able. I mean, what's the big deal about closing a lion's mouth to a God that created everything? Most people struggle with miracles and these things because their God is too small. <laughs> they, don't, they can't really even begin to comprehend who God is and really be troubled about something being too big for God. 
But my greater question that I want us to answer, probably not fully this morning, but we're going to start. We'll probably finish up next Sunday because I'm never going to get through all this today. Unless you want to have lunch here, just stay over till the 6 o'clock service this evening. We can do that. But I want to propose to you that, that it was because of all those spiritual lines. What does the verse say? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We need to realize and understand something. That line is a whole lot more dangerous than that one that you've seen behind the bars at the zoo or the ones that I've seen on the plane in, in, in Kenya on a safari. And they may have a ferocious roar that will get your attention. His roar is greater and his bite's greater. Sometimes it's hard for us to comprehend facing one of those hairy creatures. But yet the Bible tells us that as Christians every day, we need to be sober, we need to be vigilant because we have an adversary that's out to destroy us. His name is Satan, and he's the one that's walking around like a roaring lion just seeing who he can devour. It reminds me of that lion as he's walking through the grass just trying to pick out which one of those zebras is going to be dinner to see. Which one of them is going to make my meal for me? That's the picture he gives us of Satan. Why is it that we would struggle with facing a big hairy lion that may come walking in here roaring right now and we'd all probably be trying to get to the highest point and everything else, but they can climb trees too. But yet, a much greater, greater enemy in danger is out there every day. And we just take it for granted. As Christians, this verse is being written to Christians as a child of God. I can promise if you don't have God, you don't have a chance against the lion anyway. Unless God, by his grace, he's fit to preserve you because he thinks there's hope for you for another day. As a child of God, how could you get to the point to where you could be tossed into a den of hairy lions and not be afraid? Face that enemy. I'm going to say just like Daniel because of facing the other lions day by day. The more dangerous lions. The lions that will not just take your life for now. I mean, let's face it. If that lion has me for his dinner today, I'm just going to wake up in glory. Amen. <laughs> life is going to get better for me. <laughs> I hope I give him a stomach ache. But the truth is, if this lion, Satan, the devil, walking around like a roaring lion, seeking how he might be able to devour you, he devours, devours you far more serious. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, there is no hope beyond that. And if you're here with Christ, he's giving you warning, be sober, be careful, be vigilant. You've got an enemy that's running. You look back with with me into Daniel chapter 1. I want to just point out why Daniel and why I honestly believe this. I believe that if we could get a hold of this today, I honestly believe that they could toss you into that cage that you may have saw that lion with with no way out. You could have the same faith that Daniel did. 
you can know that your God is with you. And the people around you, because of the life that you lived, would know that God's going to protect you. Daniel chapter 1, notice what we see first of all. He says here in verse 3 and 4, And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. Notice who it is that they're going after, those in the children of Israel that are the king's descendants, that are the princes, children in whom was no blemish, but well-favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning in knowledge and understanding science and such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace and whom they might teach the learning in the tongue of the Chaldeans. I want you to understand that Daniel that went into the den of lions, that Daniel was of the royal line of Israel. He came from royalty, the finest of families. It was the most brilliant young men that, that they were going after. That was a requirement of the king of anybody that they were going to be. This is the ones he wanted. He was taken from the king's court, from the king's lineage, to be a servant, to become a slave from one of the highest positions of prestige to the lowest. His freedom was taken from him. Daniel was taken into captivity, not because of anything that he had done, because he was one of the finest, because he was one of the best. That's why he was chosen. That's why he was taken into captivity. And I'm telling you that one of the first lines that we know that Daniel faced and that you may well be facing in your life or have done is that line of captivity. <laughs> Daniel, this was all done against his will. This wasn't something that he wanted for himself. Matter of fact, he had no choice in it whatsoever. And believe me, it wasn't meant for a short-term situation just to help the other king out for a week or two or a month maybe. This was meant to be long-term, and we know that from some of the other things that we see here. I wonder, have you ever gotten into situations where that not by your choice, matter of fact, you wouldn't have chosen it at all, but there was no way to change it. You were caught up in something, and it wasn't because you'd done anything wrong or because that you had in any way not taking something serious enough. We find that people are taken into captivity all the time. And I could give you lots of illustrations, but I just want you to grasp and understand. The Bible itself uses this picture time and again. We sing about it. We read about it in Scripture about us being taken captive by this line, by Satan himself, being held captive by the flesh, being held captive by sin. I mean, seriously. Sometimes people know that something is sin. And they're just kind of held there like there's a, a chain that's holding them there and they, they just can't get loose from it. 
What about relationships? Relationships can go in all kinds of ways. But I've heard the, I've heard the term used many, many, many times where people felt like they were trapped in a relationship, trapped in a marriage. Because two people had committed themselves to be together and they'd done everything right. They maybe were trying to live for God. They were trying to live by the godly principles in their lives and yet it went sour because they didn't have a choice in what the other person was doing. And it was the other person that found somebody else or the other person that went away from God. The other person that started abusing them or and, and suddenly they're trapped and they're caught in this situation where they honestly haven't brought it on themselves. It's not because they've made bad choices or wrong choices, but how? How do they get through something like that? They're being held captive by something that's not their choice at all. Well, what did Daniel do? Daniel's taken away unfairly, not by his choice. He's put into a situation whether somebody else has complete control of his life. What did he do? He continued to serve God faithfully. One thing that's amazing, when I begin to look through here, you know, I can't find even one example of where he complained about his situation. I can't find anything in there that says he suddenly you know, started feeling sour towards God because he didn't deserve this. I do find an awful lot of praying. I find Daniel continuing to keep God as the very center of his life. Man, I mean, he's being treated so unfair. He's been taken captive. He's being held captive. He continues to pray and serve God faithfully even in that situation. I think so many times as Christians, people that have come for all kinds of reasons that God's used to bring them to him, and they've come to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior and know that he's their only hope for that, but that Jesus has yet to become the center of everything, the real satisfier of their soul. You see, really, they're still being satisfied by too many things in this world that have got them captive. There are other things that they find satisfaction in. Jesus Christ is not the center of their life. He's not the great satisfaction no matter what else. With Daniel, in the worst of situations that was totally out of his control, God remains the center of everything that he's done, even when, yes, life has gone sour. But his satisfaction is found in the Lord. You, know, you might even say, well, preacher, I, I know I'm a Christian. I know without a shadow of a doubt that I'm saved. Man, I can't do that. This is just too unfair. It's not right. I mean, if God loved me at all, he would not expect me to put up with a situation like this. He'd do something about it. Is God... The center of your life. You see, again, if you'll allow me to, to, to look at it this way, so many times people have come to Christ with a view of heaven. 
They're seeing that distant place of heaven one day when all this is past, but too many times they don't have a view of earth as a Christian. <laughs> they're looking to heaven, but they're not looking to what their life is here on this earth. What do you mean? Well, Christianity is not just about heaven someday. The reason that heaven is going to be so wonderful is because we're with Him. I'm saying right now, the way that you can get a taste of that heaven that we so often sing about is to be with Him right now. For Him to be the focus of your life, the center of your life, what it's all about, regardless of how sour that life is gone. You see, Christianity should make a difference. There's something wrong with a life that hasn't been transformed when Jesus Christ has control of it. What does he say about not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds? <laughs> well, we've preached on that. We've talked on that. Folks, we think differently as a Christian. You know, how we think up here is going to have so much to do with, with our actions and what we do. I'm saying that, man, when they threw Daniel in that den of lions, it didn't even phase him. These were little pussy cats compared to the lions he had already faced. They weren't, they weren't anything to be worried about because he had faced, to begin with, he had faced that lion of captivity, trapped in a situation that was not his doing, was not his choice, that he could do nothing about. How did he defeat that lion? Simply remaining true to God. In the sourest of situations, when everything that was being done against him was totally out of his control, he stayed true to God. He stayed true to God's Word. He lived a transformed life. And remember, certainly those around him saw that in his life. God had given them the principles that he was going to live his life by, even when he was having to face these lions. This lion of captivity, he was going to be the victor. It certainly didn't look fair, and there's no way you could say that it was fair. Circumstances just seemed to be completely against him. May I say in this life sometimes, folks, that's the way it is. But God was preparing him. God had a reason as we begin to look through his life. God simply, God wasn't asking anything of Daniel at that time except for him to stay true, to be true to him. I want you to think about this in closing this morning. We'll see that there were some other lines. Folks, this is meant not as just a nice little text that we can quote, that we can talk about. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. You need to recognize who your enemy is today. The greatest lion that you'll ever face is Satan himself. 
There's no little puny line in this world that can compare to him. We don't even have to ask ourselves if we would be afraid, if we would be shaking in our boots if we were wearing boots, shaking in our socks. <laughs> we would be terrified if one of those little hairy creatures came after us down here. What I'm saying, we need to recognize there's a lion that's stalking you that wants to devour you. And he'll use anything that he can. And some of the things that you go through in life, they won't seem fair, they won't be fair. But I want to promise you something as we look through what God did with this life. This is just the first line. When as a young man he was taken into captivity against his will, not because of doing anything bad, but because he was one of the best that could be picked. Life went sour real quick. Everything went south. And yet, he continued to stay true, to pray, to talk to God in the face of it all. Today, do you feel like life has treated you unfairly sometimes? Well, I can't say that it's not, but I can promise you this. There's an old devil that wants to use that to destroy you. He doesn't want you just to be in a sour circumstance. He wants you to be sour. He wants you to get your attitude out of adjustment. He wants to mess with your mind. The Bible said as a Christian, you need to think different. Don't be conformed. Matter of fact, Brother, Brother Daniel, I just remembered that's one of the verses that we used for the youth conference that we went over and did in, in, uh, in Romania because we used the old Play-Doh as, as, as an illustration and forcing it through that, that, that racket, being conformed to this world, being made to fit like this world, or being transformed into something beautiful that Tibby molded for us. <laughs> God doesn't want us to be pressed, pressured. That's what that word really carries, the idea that's behind it there. Being pressed, pressured into what the world wants us to be. A lot of pressures out there but he wants us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, by thinking like him, not thinking like the world. Today, I want to encourage you. If you don't know Jesus Christ today, you think you'd be afraid if they put you in front of that hairy creature called a lion? Well, there's a greater lion that wants to destroy you today, and he wants to destroy you for eternity. And I'm saying today, there's only one prescription against that. There's only one security against that. There's only one thing that can save you from that lion, and that's Jesus Christ. You better not play around with it. You think that your life would be on edge if you were thrown in a cage with, with that lion? It's in a lot more danger if you don't have Jesus in your life. And Christians, I know sometimes it doesn't seem fair. And I know sometimes things can go wrong. I want you to see as one instance, and we'll look at some more things, but I want you to understand, even when life turns the most sour that it possibly could, stay true to God. Stay on your knees. Be faithful to Him. Let Him be your satisfaction. If it's the world that's bringing you your satisfaction, 
When you're taken into captivity like he was and those things are taken away, if all of his satisfaction had come because he lived in the palace, because he was a prince, because of all the things that he had in this world, when he was taken into captivity, he would have been one sour person. Why did he not turn sour? Because that's not where his satisfaction came from. It came from his God. Christians, that's where your satisfaction needs to come from today. Stay true to him. That will be your satisfaction when everything around you goes south. That's not what brings you your satisfaction. It's him that lives and dwells within you. Father, I thank you this morning, Lord, that we've just been able to scratch the surface. But, Lord, I know you've spoken to this preacher's heart about, Lord, so many times. Our enemy is right out there stalking us, Lord, as we can see the lions in this world stalk those animals that they want to devour, you tell us that Satan himself is stalking, walking around, roaring, seeking whom he can devour. Lord, help us to realize this. We've got a great enemy out there. We've got a greater God. When everything went sour on, on Daniel, when he was taken into captivity, and he had no control over that situation, he stayed true to you. He found a satisfaction in you. He stayed on his knees before you. Father, I pray that you'd help your children here this morning to realize and understand that they'll look to you if you're the center of their life, not the things of this world. Their life gets its satisfaction from you, not the fleshly things. And their life won't go sour just because the circumstances around them does. They'll still have that great satisfaction of being with you. Help them, Lord. Help us all to recognize this, to lean on him, to fight this line as he comes down the path. Which in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.